This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Ace is a place with the helpful hardware, folks. At Ace, your backyard's right in our backyard, which means we have hand-picked products that are right for the birds in your neighborhood, like premium bird seed, suet, birdhouses, and feeders. Stop by your local Ace and get everything you need to attract the birds you want, including Ace Wild Bird Food, on sale now. Now through Tuesday only, when you buy two 20-pound bags of wild bird food, get a third bag free, only at Ace, the helpful place. Offer valid through February 28th at participating stores. Yeah, just draft who the hell you want, okay? Don't look to somebody else to tell you who to draft. Like, there really is nobody who knows. Get the guy you want, make your own mistakes, figure it out, All of my best teams are always by just taking the guy I want to take and he finished the draft with no regrets. You're like, this team, I like every player on this team. Some some of them might have been slight reaches, but I I like every player. I think all of them are going to be good. And then we'll see if that's actually the case. But draft like that. Welcome to the Rotowire Audio Fantasy Football Draft Kit. I'm Rotowire President Peter Shanky, along with Managing Editor Chris Liss. This is done on uh, August 28th, 2015. Uh, this is uh, an audio complement to the cheat sheets. Everything you can get on rotowire.com, customized for your league, rotowire.com slash football. But this is a good overview audio-wise. Chris, we're uh, right doing this right before the last, well, the the third game of the preseason for most teams, fourth for the two teams that played the Hall of Fame game, basically right before the big dress rehearsal, but plenty of uh, activity last week, some injuries. When we last talked, uh, last spoke into this draft kit, uh, you know, uh, De- Kelvin Benjamin had just gotten hurt. We didn't know what was going on. Jordy Nelson was healthy. Uh, lots of stuff has changed. Let me just run through a couple of uh, breaking news items and, and tell me wh- wh- uh, where things changed as far as your rankings and your outlook. Um, Jordy Nelson, Kelvin Benjamin, and now Martavius Bryant uh, without four games. Is that, I mean, boy, wide receivers are getting scarce now. Well, I'll tell you what, my rankings changed a little bit. Jordy Nelson is, uh, I, I downgraded him a little bit to zeros. Um, same with Kelvin Benjamin. The uh, question is, what happens to everybody else? And uh, Devontae Adams, people were, I, I saw a lot of tweets like, 
oh, I would take him in a second in the sixth round. Good luck with that, okay? It's really easy to say, oh, that's a great upside pick, and you know, if it doesn't cost anything, I'll take it. Well, you got to get him in the fourth round. That's where you got to take Devontae Adams, okay? And that's what he's going to cost. So if you want Aaron Rodgers, number two receiver, um, fourth round. That's what you got to pay. Uh, Devin Funch is not quite the same thing. I don't think he's, you know, he's a rookie. He's got a hamstring problem in camp. He's not established like Adams. Adams isn't even that established, but he's established enough that he played on a lot of snaps last year and he knows the offense. You know, a rookie with an injury is totally different. So, you know, with Bryant, it, it, it's only four games. It bumps up Wheaton a little bit. Um, and uh, so maybe Marcus Wheaton in a PPR becomes a more attractive third receiver or something. But I don't think it has a huge effect, uh, the Bryant injury on on you know, Roethlisberger or, or Wheaton and, and Brian's still going to play 12 games. Yeah. I think I was just guessing from an overall perspective, like I always thought wide receiver got thin in the third round, especially PPR leagues, the NFFC formats we've done. And that's when, you know, that was before Nelson and Benjamin got hurt. And now it's even, you know, even shorter. Right. I mean, so like, I think, you know, that places more of a more pressure to get wide receivers early. See, I don't think so. I mean, I, I just, it's true that it's a little thinner, but I mean, really, you're going to not take a running back that's that you want because, uh oh, I better. I just think you have to take this because otherwise it's going to run out. I think that's not a good way to draft. I think, you know, if, if you're in round two, late round two, and you're all set to take Mike Evans or whoever it is you wanted to take, and suddenly a running back that you really like, if you like CJ Anderson, I'm not a huge CJ Anderson guy, but if you did and he's there, well, then, I, you know, take the running back if you like him. I mean, I, I don't think, oh, well, I was going to take the running back or I would have taken the running back, but because two receivers got hurt and one, you know, fourth or fifth-round receiver got a four-game suspension, now I've got to rethink my strategy. I, I just, you know, I, I just don't think it's like that. All right, well, I, I, I think top bankable wide receivers are a little more scarce than, than usual, and so I might adjust my strategy accordingly, but I'm, I'm a big wide receiver early guy anyway, so... Yeah, you were you were doing that anyway. It doesn't yeah. affect you anyway. Yeah, exactly. Okay, let's. And then, how about some of these? You know, the third. You know, the guys that are getting boosted up a little bit. You know, in in uh, Green Bay, we've got Ty Montgomery, Jeff Janis in Carolina, Philly Brown, uh, maybe some guys in Pittsburgh. Any of those guys intrigue you at all? I mean, you know, if if it's late in your draft and you can get whoever ends up being the number three in Green Bay, I don't really think we know who that is yet, right? I think Montgomery has less upside than Janice should Janice prove that he's polished enough to have the role. I think Janice would be interesting as the number three if he wins the job, but that's just not the case yet. Um, so you're basically drafting somebody who might win the number three job. Uh, you know, yeah, you could in a super deep league. I'm not really that interested in um, – Philly Brown's interesting. I mean, mostly because – in Green Bay, we kind of know there's a top two now, right? I mean, Devontae Adams isn't 100% the number two, but it's pretty likely. And we know Cobb's the number one. But in Carolina, we don't know anything, right? I mean, Funches is a rookie with a hamstring problem. He may just not be ready. Uh, and then Philly Brown could be the number one receiver there. Anybody could be the number one receiver. Ted Ginn could be the number one receiver there. Now, he's had enough time in the league that he's probably just a one-dimensional deep threat. But... You know, it's it's when you have a chance to be the number one guy, I think it's worth taking a flyer, even if it's not quite as good of a passing game as, say, Green Bay. So I would, Philly Brown, I think is interesting. I think if you get into like the you know thirteenth, fourteenth round, and you feel like you're a little thin on receiver, that's a good that's a good pick. Maybe you need to even go twelfth round, eleventh round. I mean, I don't know exactly how high he's going. I assume he's still pretty cheap. Uh, those so those that's the big news that I think shook up the rankings last week. Some more minor stuff. Doug Martin. Going to probably start for Tampa Bay, although that'll probably be a week-to-week thing. Reggie Wayne signing with the Patriots. Anything else? Anything else in the last week that's caught your eye? 
They don't even go with Reggie Wayne signing with the Patriots. Don't even mention that on this podcast. There's no, there's no mention of that. You can mention things about unrelated topics that were more relevant to fantasy football than Reggie Wayne signing with the Patriots at age 36. He's like Steve Smith without the rage. Do you know what I mean? He's like, at least Steve Smith is angry enough to, to try really hard for the first you know, half a season before he, even he realizes that he's washed up. Reggie Wayne, forget it. Um, look, the thing, you know, Doug Martin, he just looked really good in the, you know, he got, he, first he got named the starter, and everyone was like, oh, he is the starter, but that was kind of presumed anyway. And then the next thing was he looked really good in one preseason game, and everyone got really excited about it. Oh, this looks like the Doug Martin from 2012. Hey, look, I, I bumped him up slightly. I mean, who knows? He, he might, anybody can be good at running back if the line is right, the offense is right, and, and maybe he was dealing with some injuries, and who knows? But I'm definitely not getting excited. Last year, people got excited about Doug Martin, too, when they traded Tim Wright for uh, who was the who was Logan Mankins? They traded, yeah, they traded for uh, the guard Logan Mankins, and everyone thought, oh, they're scrapping, you know, the passing game. And they're 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 bringing in a real blocker. They're going to be good at running. And everyone bumped up Martin last year, and he still sucked. Um, I you know I think a couple years of regular season performance is sample than and a more important sample than one preseason game. But you know, people got excited and. Uh, you know, I guess people will move him up. I, I would still take him in, you know, the fourth round, maybe if he's there, fifth round. But I, you know, if he's gone, I, I, he's one of those guys that I hope is gone. Kind of when I'm drafting, I, I don't want to be the guy that is forced to take him. Yeah, I'm a doubter on Doug Martin just because I just think that buying guys who, you know, last year's bums doesn't really work as well in, in fantasy football because last two years bums in yes. this case. Yeah, exactly. Because you know the short career arcs and they get you know they get fresh flesh blood in there. And I only bring up Reggie Wayne for old time's sake because he's a guy that we disagreed about a lot over the years at his peak, but he's far from peak now. So yeah, exactly. Um, all right, those are, so those are the main kind of things last week. If you're kind of new to this podcast and just like waking up to fantasy football, doing some research, I mean, I'd say the one other big thing that's happened since like you bought your magazine in May or thought about it from last season is just Aaron Foster being out for, you know, possibly half the season with the groin. No, but did you hear the latest? Well, two to four weeks. Yeah. So, I mean, I was about to say it's in flux. So, you know, he, he might be a guy, especially in deeper leagues, uh, NFFC formats where you want to be mindful of upside. You know, he's, he's worth a flyer. Where where are you taking him today? Like if you're drafting NFF uh, in in an NFFC league. Uh, fourth round. Oh, NFC maybe. Yeah, fourth round. As soon as it, as soon as that maybe even maybe even late third. As soon as that drop off happens. I mean, NFFC. Of course. I mean, it's a ten man bench. It's not going to be a problem to stash him for four weeks. It's no big deal. In a you know like the stake league or something where you have you know only four man bench, it's tough. And you know we don't know if he's going to be hundred percent or not have a setback or whatever. I mean that's the risk really. It's not the time that he's out. He would be even higher if there were no risk of recurrence. But. Um, yeah, and I think the the shallower the league, the better, right? Because if you're in a ten team league, it's like you'll always find somebody to start in the meantime, and then you get you know really a, an arguably a top ten back when he comes back. That's big. So uh, I I want to you know I'm I'm bummed that I didn't have any drafts in between when he got hurt, and now I did have him in the Vegas league, but that was before he got hurt, so he cost me a second round pick. But um, yeah, I would have loved to have gotten him in the eighth or ninth or whenever he was going to go before the uh, optimistic timetable. Okay, Chris, let's turn to the position rankings. But before we do that, let's give a shout-out to our sponsor, MaximumFantasySports.com. Do you enjoy playing fantasy football for cash but are tired of the same boring game offerings or websites keeping too much of the fantasy prize pool? If so, check out MaximumFantasySports.com. They have a variety of public fantasy football leagues with features no other website offers and pay out 90% of the prize pool. MFS hosts daily, weekly, monthly, and redraft leagues. That's MaximumFantasySports.com. 
All right, so that's kind of the, the recent developments as it looks for our draft. But now let's go ahead and turn towards the rankings. Um, quarterbacks, uh, probably not a lot of movement in the last few weeks, but what did you do with, uh, you know, Lucky you have as your number one, but Rodgers you have number two. Is he, is he less? How far, how far did you bump him down after the Jordy Nelson injury? I did one thing. I, just, I, I removed two touchdowns from his stat line. That's the only thing I did. But Luck, so, but the separation, so that, there's a little bit of separation between Luck and Rodgers in your mind. Yeah. I mean, Luck is younger. He's more durable. He runs a little bit more. I think he's a little bit more likely to get an extra touchdown running. Uh, and uh, I think he's going to attempt more passes. So, uh, and, and Aaron Rodgers just lost his arguably his best weapon. So I like Luck, um, you know, not t- you know, a lot better than Rodgers, but a little bit better. All right, so then your next part of the rankings are Russell Wilson, Drew Brees, Matt Ryan, Peyton Manning, Ben Roethlisberger, Cam Newton, Tony Romo. To me, there's just not a lot of consensus from that three to nine. I mean, they're all kind of, I don't want to say all the same. You can probably pick out ones you like more or better, but, I mean, do you see a big difference in the, among that group? Yeah, I mean, look, some of those guys from three to nine are going to be great, and some of those guys from three to nine are going to be disappointing. We don't know who those guys are going to be. <laughs> On draft day... I think the projections for those guys are all very close in terms of how many fantasy points they're going to score. Um, and so I think take the latest one. Now, Newton, I, I'm actually aggressive on him at eight. Most people have him a little bit lower, but you try doing projections where you give a guy 500 rushing yards and five rushing touchdowns and then make his passing numbers ugly enough to get him out of the top ten. It is very hard to do. And you've got Roethlisberger at number seven. I think you're probably a little bit lower on him than most people. Yeah, I think people are a little... I think they're they're mispricing him. They're a lot, I've, I saw a guy. I'm not going to name names um, that we in the industry had him. He thinks he's in like the Luck Rogers tier, and then the, the second tier starts with whoever Breeze or Manning or whoever. And I just think that's just foolish because I'm not saying it's impossible that he does that. But think about Roethlisberger. Last year he had 32 touchdowns. That was his career high. 32. Okay, I mean you know Luck threw 40 last year. It's not even close. Secondly, that was with maybe the worst defense the Steelers have had in the last 10 years, okay? So that is almost certainly going to get better. It's certainly not going to get worse. Even if it gets you know, a little bit better, so their league average, that's going to make them throw a little bit less. Second, Roethlisberger's entire receiving core pretty much stayed healthy all year, right? Antonio Brown didn't, wasn't even on the injury report last year. I mean, you know, that was fortunate. That's not the baseline. The baseline is everybody misses a game, game and a half. That would be how you projected everyone, you know, their normal thing. So, what if Brown gets hurt? What if somebody, you know, he, he's never going to be, he's never going to have everything that healthy. Third, um, you know, Bell's missing two games. That hurts the offense a little bit. Fourth, Roethlisberger's 33 years old. He's been around a long time. The fact that he's never put up, you know, a monster, you know, top three fantasy year is, you know, I think, like, why would this year be the year um, all of a sudden? And then lastly, um, he, uh, I just, I just lost my train of thought, but I had a, I had a big one. Right. Um, Right, you know, what I mean, no, no, no. The, the four game suspension hurts a little, but I, I, I didn't really dock Roethlisberger for that because I don't think it's it's only four games, and you know, Bryant could have been a factor, um, but uh, but I don't know. I, I just totally spaced. I had a really good last reason. Keep talking. We'll, I'll come back to it. We'll, I mean, we'll get is, it. is that is the fact that you that you're counting on their defense being bad, and that's not? I don't. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't think it would necessarily be good, but you know, you, defenses change a lot year to year. But there was one other big thing that I was like, this is like actually the biggest one, and I, I just spaced. But it'll come back to me. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, so that's that's your that's that's the three through nine tier. Then after that, you know, who who are your way down a quarterback preferred options? If you're you know you're really going to wait in like a twelve to fourteen team league. Um, I'm 
I guess, you know, Kaepernick's a guy that if I want to wait on, I think just is going to throw, have more attempts this year. I projected him conservatively for 500, but he could have 580. I mean, it's a totally new regime. The defense might be a lot worse. He's going to run for five, 600 yards. He may score five rushing touchdowns. He only had one last year, but that's kind of anomalous. Um, other guys I like late, um, Sam Bradford. I think it's pretty easy to see how he could blow up. Andy Dalton two years ago was very good. All his weapons are back. I did like Robert Griffin, but after I saw him get pounded in that game, he's going to be healthy for week one. But, man, he's just terrible. I forgot. I forgot that it was the pocket presence that, that just did him in, and, and it has not improved. So cross him off the list of my guys that I like. Yeah, I mean, and I'll say that, you know, in the leagues where I've been where I've waited, you know, to be the last, last person to, you know, pick a quarterback, I mean, I've ended up with Matt Stafford, you know, in the, in the Vegas league, and I was the 15th guy to – the 15th overall quarterback. I mean, people are taking backups, and even he's fine. 600-plus attempts last year with a good defense and his best receiver out for, you know, for several games. So I think he's got plenty of upside. And not that I'm high on him by any means, but um, I, got, you know, got, I got lots of other running backs and wide receivers in the meantime, so I'm happy with that. Um, let's switch over to running back. Um, we have, you know, other than Foster, you know, we'll see what happens this next, you know, last round of preseason games, or at least ones where the starters are going to play in. Haven't been a lot of, haven't been a lot of ra- uh, rankings or changes. You've got Bell at number one, his suspension down from three games to two. Sorry, let me interrupt. I just, I just remembered. Out of my brain is not working. I did the three-hour XM show today. Roethlisberger had 32 touchdowns last year. Twelve of those came in two games. You take out those two games, he had 20 touchdowns in 14 games. I know those games count, and everybody gets a three or four touchdown game a couple times a year. But six is just not very common. So if you give him four per game, instead of 32, he has 28 last year, right? I mean, all of his, I mean, his production was so lopsided where it came from. You know, consistently, week to week, he was just not a top-five quarterback. He ended up being a top-five quarterback based on two huge games where the defense just didn't show up. I think one of them was against the Colts. So... Anyway, that was that was the indictment of Roethlisberger that his that his stat line is a little deceptive from last year. All right, well, uh, all right. So back to running backs, but you know, speaking of Pittsburgh, Bell, you know, from three games to two games for suspension, number one, pretty much in all you know, in all formats, especially PPR. Um, and then you've got Peterson, Lacey, Charles, kind of rounding on top top four. I think is a top tier, and at least that's what I think you have, right? Yeah, it's it's, it's Bell, Peterson, Lacey, Charles, Lynch, Murray. Um, PPR, I think it changes a little bit, but, <clears throat> um, you know, again, I've, I've said this five times, but if bell comes back week three, which he's supposed to, um, and you are in a 12 team league and you have Rashad Jennings or whoever starting for two games and getting you some points, um, and you add up bells projected totals, plus those two extra games of someone else, he's going to score more points than any other running back. And that is especially true in PPR where I haven't projected for 63 catches and if you look at Peterson's 36, Lacey 40, Charles 44, it is just way – it is a – it's like – that's like five touchdowns. You know, like Bell's got a five-touchdown worth advantage in receptions in a PPR league over the next four guys. So you got Lynch number five. You have DeMarco Murray number six. He's somebody I've just been avoiding in every league because, you know, a, a tremendous amount of touches last, last year. He's, he's been injury-prone his whole career and college. He's got a viable backup and Ryan Matthews behind you. I mean, are you really taking him at, at you know, if he's, if he's there at, you know, whatever the equivalent of number six running back is in your draft? I mean, I don't know. Here's the thing. I do the projections, okay? I can't, I can't just do straight-up predictions, right? And the thing is, if you look at DeMarco Murray's body of work, he catches passes. He's a, he had 57 catches last year. He had 53 in 14 games the year before. I gave him 37 conservatively. Um, 
and more receiving yards than, say, Jeremy Hill. He's also on a good team. Um, there's really no correlation between high workload and, and you know, an injury for the next year, according to some studies. And also, according to Stefania Bell, she doesn't think it's a big deal. It doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. I could see career workload mattering, but just that he had an extra 100 carries last year, 10 months ago, and he's totally healthy now, wasn't hurt last year very much. Um, it's hard for me to really go with that. I, I think that backs who have high workloads tend to um, fall off the, the next year just because you know, it's it, they're a year older. It's hard to repeat that much success. Just on average, they're going to regress, and people have made too much of it. So, you know, look, he's injury prone before this whole thing happened, but maybe he's like Matt Stafford. Stafford missed two seasons of basically to injuries his first two years in the league and hasn't missed a game since. You know, Frank Gore used to be injury prone. He's played four plus years without being without missing a game. I mean, sometimes injury prone just means unlucky, and once the luck normalizes, nobody thinks of the guy that way anymore so yeah I think he deserves to be the sixth running back would I take him there I don't know I don't really love this situation either all right Jeremy Hill number seven Matt Forte number eight CJ Anderson number nine Alfred Morris number 10 Melvin Gordon number 11 LaShawn McCoy number 12 he's got the hamstring issue maybe he's gonna play how much did that factor into you where where, you know where his ranking did you you bump it's it's not good I already am soured on him I mean I'm more worried about him than Murray you know I mean he's a guy who only got four yards of carry last year, had a heavy workload for several years, 300 carries a few years. And maybe he's just not the guy he once was. And now he's already got a hamstring injury. It's not going to be a great offense. I'm not high in McCoy. I, you know, and even Murray, who I'm not that high in for where he is, I mean, I'm going to avoid and start taking all Sean Jeffrey, Mike Evans, maybe Jordan Matthews, Brandon Cooks, especially in PPR. I'm going to be taking receivers in a lot of those slots and letting someone else take Murray Maybe, Murray. I mean, we'll see. Mid-second, I'd start really thinking seriously about Murray. But when it comes to McCoy, I mean, I'm going to push it to far into the third before I start seriously considering him. Yeah, I've, I've, I've avoided him as well. 13, you got Justin Forsett. 14, Lamar Miller. 15, Todd Gurley. I mean, what do we, what do we make of him? I know he's got a ton of upside, and he's, eventually he's, he's no Dexter man. He's no <laughs> Dexter man. But the, the, thing, the thing about Todd Gurley is, He's basically cleared for everything for full practice now, which means he's healthy. You can't full practice unless you're healthy. How much they're going to give him the ball in week one? We'll see. If they give him the ball five times, but on one of those carries, he runs three people over and goes for 40 yards on a touchdown. You don't think in week two they're going to give him the ball 20 times? I mean, they want to win. You know, this NFL's a reshuffle league. No one's, there's no real long-term rebuilding project. Maybe five games in, if you're one and four and your team wasn't supposed to be good, you see the writing on the wall. But even then, you know, they, they don't really play it like that. So, you know, he might, I think he might be a top seven back right now if he were 100% healthy coming out of college with the pedigree he has as the starter there. And the fact that he's, you know, you can get him pretty late, fourth, fifth round, uh, I'm all in on that. All right, so then you got Mark Ingram, Frank Gore, Carlos Hyde, Doug Martin, and Joseph Randall rounding out your top 20. Doug Martin, I think you boosted him up. I don't think he was in the, in the top 20 the last time. No, he wasn't before. I mean, I boosted him up. Maybe I'm falling for it but uh he's got the job he is healthy that's what we know tampa's offense should be better those three things those are all good things right um you know the guys behind him joseph randall more upside than martin but you know who knows if this guy this guy could be a total knucklehead and you know we don't even know that it's really his job andre ellington i just don't trust arian foster i actually haven't boosted him yet i'm going to boost him higher actually after this news i have him 22 i'm going to put him up at around where Gurley is, like around 16. Um, I'm going to move him up. Latavius Murray, Jonathan Stewart. I mean, those guys are all, you know, they all have their upside and downside. You know, you're in this range where they have the job, but who the hell knows? 
Okay, so next tier, you know, beyond that, we won't go through all the rankings, but in the middle rounds, middle tier running backs, who are some names that you're looking at or who you've been drafting lately? I mean, I haven't drafted in a while, but I have three drafts the next week. Um, and uh, here's guys I like. Rashad Jennings, he'll get hurt in like week five, but you'll get four good weeks at him before that happens. Ryan Matthews, I think he's good Murray insurance, and I think he'll be useful in a deeper league even if Murray stays healthy. Um, a guy who's a little underrated is Chris Ivory in a non-PPR. That guy is going to grind out yards and get some touchdowns for you. Um, I'm sort of staying away from C.J. Spiller where he's gone. Maybe he's dropped a little bit because of the injury. The guy's already hurt. I mean, come on, man. He's, he's going down the Darren McFadden career path. You know, like this guy who was awesome for like this brief glimpse when he was healthy for a little bit and then just never could get it back. I, I, I mean, he may prove me wrong, but I was really big on him a couple years and I'm starting, to, I'm starting to think he's got a little bit of Darren McFadden in him. Um, who else? Uh, you know, these, these other guys, you want to gamble on a David Johnson or David Cobb or Bishop Sankey or, you know, any of these guys who could get the job and run with it. Terrence West, um, you know, Denard Robinson I kind of like. TJ Yeldon's going to start, but Robinson, apparently they really like him still. He was good last year. And Yeldon's a rookie. They don't, you know, the thing about a rookie that's not like a high pedigreed first round pick, I mean, he's high pedigreed, but not like a, you know, mid to early first round pick is like, they don't have to stick with Yeldon all year. I mean, if or they could stick with him, but they can make him into sort of the Ron Dane to Tiki Barber or the Brandon Jacobs and Denard Robinson's Tiki Barber. Robinson could end up being the guy who gets you know at least half the carries uh, if he keeps playing well. Yeah, that's you mentioned, and you mentioned a, a number of guys that were maybe like not mid tier, but more long shots. You know, the, you know David Cobb's and Duke Johnson's. The other ones, the other games that are on my list are Charles Sims, James White, uh, Cameron Artis Payne. All guys who have a shot at the job and are only going to co- you know cost you a couple bucks in an auction or I don't know you know ninth plus round in, in a in a draft. Well, they have a shot at the backup job, right? I mean, like Artis Payne's not going to beat out Stewart before the season starts, and Sims has already lost the battle to Doug Martin. But you know, running backs get hurt, you know, and the team doesn't always know who the best running back is until the injuries happen and we find out. So, yeah, I would stash any of those guys. I kind of think Jonas Gray is interesting. I mean. He was benched for for sleeping through his alarm, but he was really good in that game against the Colts. And Blunt has already suspended a game and is, has an injury already and should be back by week one. But still, like, Blunt is not some guy that's like, you know, some huge roadblock that would not be, you know, cast aside immediately if they thought Gray were going to do a better job. So I think Gray has some upside to be in that Stephen Ridley role. Yeah, I mean, at the least, I think he's probably going to start week one, so you'll get yep. at least one week out of him, so... Um, all right, let's running backs. Let's switch over to wide receivers. Obviously, that's where the movement has been this preseason, um, but not at the top where um, you know you still have Des Bryant number one for for standard leagues. You know Beckham, I guess number one for PPR. Those are kind of your sorry Antonio Brown number one for PPR, and then Beckham in the mix. You can make a case for him for number one too, and then Demarius Thomas, Julio Jones. That's kind of your big five, right? Yeah, I think it's everybody's big five at this point, right? Brown, Thomas, Beckham, Bryant, and Jones, and Calvin's kind of in there. I mean, the thing about Calvin is he's healthy now, and this is the Hall of Fame, one of the top five, five or six receivers of all time. I mean, he probably has another great year left in him, so he should probably be in that mix. And A.J. Green, I mean, was in this mix last year, and what's really changed? So I think there's really a big seven. I know a lot of people are pushing Randall Cobb into that tier. I am not. I think it helps a little that Jordy's out, but he's going to get more coverages. Uh, and I just think that, like, he's not, and I could be proven wrong, but I don't think he's that 160 target guy that a small guy really kind of has to be to be in that top tier. Uh, I think he's maybe 145, 150 target guy, um, and he'll do well, but I just don't see him really. I, I know having Aaron Rodgers really helps, but I, I, 
I would definitely put take him after those first seven. Yeah, his his size, his his ability to be a red zone threat and get a lot of touchdowns is what is what worries me to be like the elite tier, you know. But and he's not that fast. He's fast, but he's not that fast. So yeah, so you got you know Calvin number six, AJ Green number seven, who I think you know, I, like I said before, I think Calvin and Johnson, Calvin Johnson and AJ Green are on sale this year. I really want to have the twelve spot in a twelve team league and start out my league with Calvin Johnson and AJ Green. I've actually seen it happen. It happened in my NFFC uh, league that I did, the Beat Pete Shanky League. And even though I like my team, I'm very envious of the guy who took that combo um, because I think they'll bounce back. They both had injuries. They are, you know, that means they're more injury prone this year. But when they came back and played, you know, they were what they were before. So they're and they're healthy now. So you know, they could be good values. Uh, eight, you've got Randall Cobb. Nine, Alshon Jeffrey. Ten, Mike Evans. Eleven, DeAndre Hopkins. Twelve, Emmanuel Sanders. Thirteen, T.Y. Hilton. Fourteen, Jordan Matthews. I kind of view the receivers this year that of that being like the top fourteen, and then there's a big drop off. Is that how you, is that how you look at it? Well, if you have. Um... You know, if you're doing PPR, I think Brandon Cooks has to be in the conversation because he's just going to get a lot of targets. Um, Non-PPR, I wonder with the size whether he can score enough touchdowns. But um, Cooks is definitely kind of in there. I have Tate kind of high in a PPR league because his 88 catches. Um, I uh, tend to think that, you know, the touchdowns aren't going to be as easy to come by, and and so that kind of downgrades him. But, yeah, those are the kind of the top tier. I mean, I, th- I think through Cooks is where it kind of ends, and then you kind of – on your own with Sammy Watkins and uh, the Buffalo passing game or Keenan Allen, who knows what share of the San Diego passing game he'll get. Devontae Adams, obviously he's in a great spot, but unproven. Macklin, Brandon Martin, you know, you start to slip after that Brandon Cooks pick. And you don't think Devontae Adams is, is worthy of like, I mean, are you taking him? I mean, Sammy Watkins or Devontae Adams, you're on the clock. You need a receiver. Who are you taking? I might take Adams, to be honest. I have Watkins projected for slightly more. One, uh, I, you know, I could... Maybe downgrade Watkins a touchdown to to put that in line with my thinking, but um, I you know Watkins is really good. Like when he has the ball, when when they got on the ball last year, he was really good. He played hurt. He still had a really good rookie year. And I think if Castle were the quarterback all year, as scrubby as Castle is, you don't need a great quarterback. Look at look at Andy Dalton and AJ Green. You need a reasonably competent quarterback, and I think Castle's probably that. Yeah, Watkins, if he had a different offensive environment, would certainly be five or ten points higher. Um, you know, given what Buffalo has. Um, so that's, then you got Keenan Allen, number 19, Michael Floyd, number 20, might might miss a week or who knows, might play week one with the finger thing, but um, not a major major injury. Beyond the top 20, I mean, what, you know, if you're in the middle rounds, who are you looking at for, who, who, are, you, who are you generally taking in the middle rounds, the next, the next tier or next? Uh, well, I like Martavis Bryant, but I guess I got to put that on hold. Um yeah, I, I love him. I have in a bunch of leagues, and that's you know, I'd avoided most of the the injuries in the receiver core. I'd, all of them I'd avoided, but I got hit. With, you know, I have Brian in I think four leagues already, so that one's gonna hurt. I mean, this is trendy, but I like Allen Robinson. I like second year receivers who did showed something their rookie years. I think it's always a good bet for a breakout. Um, John Brown fits that description, although now that Michael Floyd is you know looks like he might even be ready for Week One, that he's not quite as attractive. But he's got some upside, especially if something happens to one of the other two. Dante Moncrief, same thing. You know, if someone, something happens to Andre Johnson, um, big time upside. Uh, Devontae Parker looks like he is off the uh, PUP list and is going to start practicing next week. I like him. Again, this is Devontae Parker is, you know, the size, speed, sort of number one prototype receiver in the NFL. And the Dolphins do not have that besides him. So they drafted this guy early. I think they're going to use him right away. I think it would be stupid to waste a 
that high in receiver, not use him. I mean, why not just draft a lineman or something that can help you right away? Otherwise, if you, if you think you're a contender, they sign in Dominican Sue. They definitely think they're contenders. Um, Philly Brown, we mentioned earlier. I think that's an interesting pick. Uh, if you want to go really deep, you know, uh, Cody Latimer could, he's sort of Devonte Adams before he popped before, um, Jordy Nelson went down and, uh, maybe a deep sleeper, Stedman Bailey. I think he could emerge as the number one receiver in St. Louis. Yeah. And for me, I've been taking, you know, the two Colts guys, Dante Moncrief, Philip Dorsett, neither one of them with jobs, but anybody gets hurt, suddenly they could be the Devonte Adams of week two or week three in, in a high powered passing attack. And you can get them pretty cheap. I've got both of them in a 14-team league, you know, as reserves, um, as well. Any other late late round darts at wide receiver? I mean, those are mostly my guys. I mean, super late. Terrell Pryor returned to practice. I'm still, I still want the guy who's six four, two thirty, and runs a sub four four. Um, I still want to give that a shot. So Terrell Pryor is sort of my last round pick that I can always drop if they cut him or if he ends up being the fourth receiver. All right, let's move over to tight end. Obviously. You know, Gronkowski, a clear number one. Um, after that, uh, I think there's a huge drop-off. In my opinion, you should just punt tight end completely in most leagues and, and you know, take somebody at the very end. But um, where where would you take – you have Jimmy Graham, number two, Travis Kelsey, number three, Greg Olson, number four. To me, those are kind of like the, – uh, those next three are kind of a tier among the rest. Where are you generally taking any of those players? Like, you know, where where does where do you pull the trigger on Jimmy Graham? Okay, I don't really because I never get him. I would have to be in like the fourth round or something, and I don't. I don't. He never lasts that long. I'm just not interested at the price that he's going. No interest. Uh, Kelsey, I did take him to three, four turn in one league, but if I were drafting again, probably round five. I mean, I just you know, there's so much hype around him. I mean, maybe he's good. I don't know. Greg Olson, same thing, right around Kelsey. I think the uh, the loss of Benjamin, may, you know, gives him a pretty high floor, but he already had a high floor. Or Telus Bennett, I like also the loss of Kevin White. I think really solidifies him. And a banged up Alshon Jeffrey as the red zone targets. Bennett could have a big year. For, but why, you know, again, he'd have to be sixth or seventh round. I have to be stuck because I like Vernon Davis a lot, and he's always available in round 11. Uh, I really like Tyler Eifer, who's available around round 12. Uh, I like Richard Rodgers, who's available in the last round. Maybe he moves up now that Jordy's down. I think, you know, maybe they start going to a tight end. They don't really have a red zone guy. Devonta Adams is only 6'1. So maybe Richard Rodgers gets involved. Um, I, you know, I like Jordan Reed, but it's hard to get excited. He's always hurt. Um, and a sleeper, I kind of like Eric Ebron. Um, he was an f- early first round pick. He didn't do much last year, but tight ends never do anything the rookie years. And this is the year and they do not have a number three receiver. I mean, they have scrubs. So it's Calvin golden Tate, a c- couple of running backs and they throw 600 times. So maybe Ebron gets a hundred targets and catches 66 of them and gets, you know, 700 touchdowns. I think that's totally possible. All right, so just to go back and round out the rankings, you said you know Davis number you know, Bennett number five, Davis number six, Zachers number seven, Jordan Cameron number eight, Jason Witten number nine, Delaney Walker number ten. Uh, you know, one guy that I've been waiting on, I've, I've got Eifert in a bunch of leagues where I just totally wait. You can get him, you know, fairly fairly late. And then also uh, Kyle Rudolph, you know, who, you know, he's never stayed healthy. Stop with the homer. Stop with uh, the homer. But I mean, you know, but every year is people like Rudolph. Why? Well, what he's, he's possible a red, reason? Red zone guy. You know, Norv Turner, the offensive coordinator there, loves his tight Norv ends. Turner. Norv Turner loves everything. He loves running backs. He loves tight ends. He'll help receivers with the deep ball. I mean, well, even Norv he, Turner is one of the biggest idiots in the history of professional football as a head coach, and he happened luck into the Dallas Cowboys offensive coordinator job when they had some of the they had three Hall of Famers as their key position players, uh, one of the greatest teams of all time. 
And now it's like, oh, but Norv Turner, this. Norv doesn't catch passes. Oh, but Norv Turner. Norv Turner. Norv Turner. Who cares? <laughs> Norv Turner, I'm sick of it. He's an idiot. How many times did you watch Chargers games where it was like fourth and three on the other team's 48-yard line and they're down 14 in the third quarter and he punted? How many times did he make the wrong decision on you know all kinds of strategic decisions and somehow – this guy is awesome. I, I, I just think like, and you know, guys like, I mean, Kyle Rudolph, you know, there, there's a 10% chance he does something. I mean, there's a chance. But come on. Kyle Rudolph, Rudolph I mean, come on. All right. Well, we can disagree, but at least at least if you're going to go on my hunch and think he's good, it's not going to cost you much. He's going, he's going. It will not cost you much. There, that's true. Can't very, debate that. He's going very late. But if in, anyone else invokes Norv Turner again, I'm just going to go, I just can't, I can't help it. It's just, it's, God. <laughs> you know that Jonah Carey, I think, saw Norv Turner at a blackjack table? Or maybe his friend of his was playing with Norv Turner at a blackjack table, and he was, like, on the, you know, third base or whatever. He was, like, the last guy to go. And he kept, like, hitting, you know, when the dealer had a five, and he kept staying on 16 against the 10, and it was the dealer, you know, should have had a bus card but didn't, and everyone was losing money. And some dude was like, Coach is killing me over here. <laughs> so, so And even if that, so, even, if the, the, even if that is just a urban legend, either way, it uh, it's pretty uh, – I choose to believe it. It's pretty much in line with the way he, co- the way he coaches yeah. as a head coach, right? So, All right, well, that's enough for the tight ends. But let's move over to some of the rookies. You know, we, we touched on a bunch of them. Let me just throw out some names, get a reaction for you. Amari Cooper, I mean, I know you're down on him because the Oakland is just – you know, kind of a, a cesspool of offense that sucks everyone in and turns them into nothing. But where where would you take him? Uh, you know, probably like fifth or sixth. He's going in the fourth. I mean, he's going to get targets, right? And especially in a PPR, like an NFFC, where you need three receivers and a flex and it's PPR. I mean, at some point, you got to just take him for the targets, right? But I could see like Michael Crabtree being Derek Carr's pet guy or something. I don't know. I, I'm just not, you know, I don't know. I, I'm not. I'm not taking him at the retail cost. All right, how about Nelson Aguilar, uh, Eagles? Had one decent preseason game. You know, what's your take on I him? don't know. I, I don't know what the deal is with him. You know, he's taken in the first round. I think Jordan Matthews is going to be the clear number one. Uh, Josh Hoff apparently has had a good rapport with Sam Bradford in camp. Ertz, may, you know, is banged up, and who knows if he's going to be a regular option running backs. Who knows with that offense? I think he's worth a flyer. I think he's going like round seven, which is too early for me. But in round 10, I would take him. I, doubt, I haven't gotten him anywhere. I doubt I will. How about Brashard Perriman? I mean, you're pretty high on him at the beginning of the preseason, but he's been a little nicked up with a knee injury. Uh, and so um, who knows? Yeah, you never, I, you never like to see a rookie hurt in training camp, although Odell Beckham, it didn't matter. But Odell Beckham seems like so polished, right? And Perriman has the athleticism, but I think the knock on him was polished. And so that's like the last guy you want to see hurt. But still, I'm so down on Steve Smith this year that somebody has to catch passes in Baltimore. And Dennis Pitt is probably not going to play. So you've basically got Perriman, Marlon Brown, Kamir Aiken, Somebody that we don't know of yet that shows up that we're not even it's not even on our radar. I mean, I think there's a good chance that he's the number one receiver, so I still kind of like him. All right, we touched on a lot of the rookies in the rankings. So one guy we didn't really talk about was Amir Abdullah. Uh, you know, big you know first preseason game, kind of a hot you know hot riser in ADP, and everyone's kind of high on him. What's your take on him? I mean, I don't know. I think the best thing he has going for him is that Joyke Bell is still on the PUP, right? I mean, that is a that is a problem. Like, Joyke Bell is very sketchy to be ready and be completely healthy. And if he's not, Amir Abdullah might just win the starting job. And that is a lot of upside given that he's such a good pass catcher. I'm a little skeptical. I mean, you know, he's not very fast. He's not big. 
He's basically quick. He's got that Justin Forsett skill set, right? He's got that Justin Forsett, Devonta Freeman skill set. Maybe it plays if the if the blocking's good. Um, certainly very quick um, and and sort of multi talented. I'm sort of again, I'll take him in around six or whatever if he slips. But I, someone's going to reach ahead of that for him. Yeah, I mean, I think if Bell was healthy, it'd be a totally different story. But you're right. I mean, if he's going to, if he's you know, there might be an opportunity that he takes and runs away with. But I'm probably not going to overpay for it. All right, big week of drafts coming up. Any other just general advice, you know, to someone, you know, doing their draft right now for the first time after, you know, a, a, pre, a preseason of drafting and news from you? Yeah, just draft who the hell you want, okay? Don't look to somebody else to tell you who to draft. Like, there really is nobody who knows. Get the guy you want. Make your own mistakes. Figure it out. All of my best teams are always by just taking the guy I want to take and you finish the draft with no regrets. You're like, this team, I like every player on this team. Some some of them might have been slight reaches, but I, I like every player. I think all of them are going to be good, and then we'll see if that's actually the case. But draft like that. Yeah, I mean that's my advice too. The worst phrase you can make in fantasy football is "I had to take him there." No, right. you don't have to take him there. He's not a value. There is no value. If F value. Yeah, F value yeah. in fantasy football. Yeah, if Absolutely. Not, if you're not confident about the pick, don't make it. Get somebody. Don't like do it. You're, you trust your own instincts. You're usually right. So just do the pull of Vikings and just skip the pick altogether. Hey, I'm know. telling you, they got a borderline Hall of Famer when they did that, and, and Kevin Williams. So it, sometimes it works out. Yeah. So. All right, that's the end of the podcast, and we'll do one more before the season starts. But hopefully, we'll help you. Uh, you know, help you draft a winning team. Ace is a place with the helpful hardware, folks. At Ace, your backyard's right in our backyard, which means we have hand-picked products that are right for the birds in your neighborhood, like premium bird seed, suet, birdhouses, and feeders. Stop by your local Ace and get everything you need to attract the birds you want, including Ace Wild Bird Food, on sale now. Now through Tuesday only, when you buy two 20-pound bags of wild bird food, get a third bag free, only at Ace, the helpful place. Offer valid through February 28th at participating stores.